pickaxe. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. What's Hello. Up? Not a whole lot. What's up with you? A whole lot. Tell How me. are you? Congratulations on everything that you're doing. You guys are doing insane. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. It's been. Yeah. Um, hold on a second. There we go. Um, thank you so much. Uh, how are you? I'm doing really good. I'm staying busy. Um, oh. I am. Can you hold on? Drinking water. Yeah. Hold on just one second. I want to make sure that I'm not screwing something up. He can text me if he needs something because he just canceled the call. So I assume that I fixed it. Um, sometimes I do that on my own and I don't need someone's help to fix things. That guy. But oftentimes I do need people's help. Me too. So what have, what have, uh, have you been, Maya? I've been really good. Um, I, yeah, I'm just I'm very busy, but it's good busy, so it's fine. What's the difference between good busy and bad busy? I'm busy with things that I want to do mm. versus things that I don't want to be doing. Um, I was I was always bad busy in college, and since then I've been good busy. <laughs> so I guess that's good. Um, and what have you been up to recently? Uh, well, I've recently founded this nonprofit. We, I talked to Kruthi about it a little bit, um, but yeah, we uh, I bought this property and have been developing it. To bring animals onto there, we have 12 ambassadors now. Um, so doing a lot of husbandry, doing some content curation, education program curation, and just there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that that I'm learning about. So, Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. Um, so Alves is a nonprofit uh, exotic animal sanctuary and virtu virtual education center in Texas. I wrote out, wrote out the business plan in like, uh, December chat, something like that, like December. And it was a three year plan, but it's more like a three month plan <laughs> with how fast it's been going. Uh, I bought a property. It's about 15 acres in Austin and, um, went and picked up ambassadors from California in April. And we've been making moves since then. So the idea is rescuing exotic animals that are non-releasable and then using them for education programs, uh, teaching people about conservation, using those ambassadors, animal ambassadors, and then also having content creators come to my facility to meet those animals as well um, and to learn about them and learn about conservation, combine that's, audiences, all that jazz. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm really proud of it. When you say ambassador, are we referring to an animal or a person? An animal. I see. Um, so, yeah, an ambassador is just a, an animal in captivity that is used in education and is meant to represent their wild counterpart. I see. So, Interesting. An ambassador for their species. Got it. And and what kind of ambassadors do you guys have so far? We have four parrots, two chinchillas, a snake, a bullfrog, an emu, and two donkeys and a chicken. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the chicken's they... become a fan favorite. She's a lot of fun. 
And and so how who I mean, do, who takes care of the animals, uh, the ambassadors? Sorry, uh, me and then Ella. I have an on site animal care coordinator. So she lives there and, and she does five days a week. Oh, wow. Take care of them. And then I'm out there every day as well. So there's just wow. the two of us right now doing something, making yeah. the world a better place. Yeah, that is Working absolutely amazing, Maya. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun. Um, I understand that that ambassadors, whether they be, you know, animals or humans, tend to be quite expensive to take care of. Mm-hmm. Like they have a lot of costs associated with them. For sure. Yeah, we just did a initial vet appointments for those four parrots. Nothing wrong with them, but I, just to get like a baseline and to get a really thorough blood panel done and all that is like two grand for for the four of them um so yeah wow yeah it's expensive the 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 general upkeep though is not so bad like our reptiles one of our snake eats once every other week you know it's it's really not that expensive but the the initial setup and and the initial vet stuff is expensive my emu is expensive because she keeps eating metal um she's gotten two endoscopies in the past uh few months wow she she ate this ring wait this ring how, how did you get it back? Endoscopy. Oh, so you guys went in from the mouth and pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. tiny camera. Um, and then she ate a few screws and a couple other things a few months later, which I don't even know where she found them. Um, endoscopy number two. But got them all out, so <laughs> she's uh, expensive. Have you asked her or considered asking her why she keeps eating metal? Yeah, she just says she likes it. Okay. You know, it's interesting because there's actually I've, I've worked with with humans uh-huh. who eat things that they're not supposed to. Yeah. Well, so for I've never had a bird that's so bad about that. Like I had the I had the my ring on the ground because um, I just did not expect her to swallow it. At the time, she was like her body was like this big. She's a chick. Um, so watching her swallow the emu, I didn't even think it, or the ring. I didn't even think it would fit in her mouth. Um Emus and a lot of other birds, they'll eat pebbles and small rocks to aid in digestion. Mm, yeah. The only thing I can think is that with a combination of her being attracted to shiny things because uh, she's a bird. And then I don't But I also like I've worked with crows and other corvids and stuff like that that love shiny things, but they would never swallow it. I really don't know. It's it's bizarre to me. She's the first emu that I've worked from baby onwards. Um, so I'm, I've learned that tendency the hard way. Yeah. Wow. I don't think you can find this stuff in a book somewhere. It's like, you know, guide to emu care. Be careful because they will eat (laughs) nails and small pieces of jewelry. There is the only article I could find when I was freaking out the first time she ate the ring was an emu in the UK that ate a pair of diamond earrings or something. um, And they couldn't get them out. Uh, So insurance got her a new pair of earrings, which is sweet. And then the emu passed them later. So now she has both. I don't know if she wears the ones that the emu passed, but. I imagine that they, they, <laughs> they have a certain, you know, resale value to them. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they do. It was big news. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. So you've been busy. Yes. Anything. In so, per- have, yeah. so have you. Are you doing like interviews throughout this month? Is yeah. that just. Okay, sweet. Nice. Good stuff. Why do you ask? Well, I'm just wondering. Oh. <laughs> because your team reached out to me, said that's the first time I've got I've heard from you guys in that capacity. So I was like, oh, I bet they're doing 
a bunch of people or talking to a bunch of people. Yeah. So I, I think actually our usual stream stuff is uh, interviews is the backbone of what we do, you know, because we try to um, have. So I, I've had so many individual conversations that cover the same thing. The whole reason we started streaming to begin with is to sort of, uh, you know, share one person's conversation with a bunch of people specifically for the purpose because I seem to have the same conversations over and over and over again and the same themes or principles tend to pop up over and over and over again. Um, this has to be unique in terms of conversations I've had on stream because I haven't talked about ingesting things, but I have worked with patients who will do things like ingest razor blades. And now you have. Good stuff. Um, you know, and I try to ask them why they do it and that turns to turns out to be an interesting conversation. Um that's, that's a lot. Yeah. I don't think she does it for those reasons. I think she's just a little dank. But what does that mean? A little dank? A little like bit, you know, <laughs> just not very bright. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the emote feels dank, man. Have you seen that? Does your chat use that? Yeah. So I think I'm sure I've seen it. I don't know exactly what dank. I didn't know that dank was not very bright. I thought it was like a little bit. You know, not dirty, but it's like it's dank. <laughs> you know, I, I it's like not clean. I, it may be used like that in other places, or maybe I'm thinking rank. I don't know. Um, there's dank. When I was in college, people would say dank is like that's sick, like that's dank. Or they would like talk sick about weed, a good and they would say, thing. yeah, good sick, okay. <laughs> and they would say that like weed is dank, and that meant it was good. But n since I've been on Twitch, it's like feels dank, man. So it's like. Uh, I don't know, just like little kid, like eating crayons. Yeah. Just kind of dank. So, so the last time I was a student, when someone was like, that's sick, like that person is sick, we would transfer them to the ICU, you know, so, so different things. Yeah. So but sick, yeah. dank means so dank is no longer means sick. It means what? Oh, well, on Twitch, it means kind of dumb. Kind of. Okay, got it. I think other people still use it as like cool well if if it means something on twitch isn't that truly what it means no <laughs> <laughs> i i thought because no. it's it's so interesting to see that you know the the like i have you know nieces and nephews that are normal people mm -hmm. and to to realize that i actually speak their lingo because they seem to be like catching up to us oh there you go yeah right so like i think like like salty is from gaming right I have no idea. I'm not a gamer. Right. And and then uh, Twitch. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a gaming thing. And then like other, you yeah. know, regular people started using it. And I was like, oh, I actually oh. understand the lingo now. There you go. Yeah, I don't know any. Well, I guess I do know some gamer lingo because I'm on Twitch. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so my anything, gamer. anything in particular you want to talk about today or anything that I can help you with? Um. Yeah, uh, I well stress, but again, it's kind of like good stress because it's stuff that I want to be doing. So it's not mm -hmm. like I want to reduce my workload. Um, I have an inability to relax, which has become kind of a toxic thing for me. Not recently. It's always been like that. Um, okay, not always, but since high school. Um, so. Yeah, that's annoying. That's the only thing I can think of right now. I think. Can you tell me about your inability to relax? Yeah. Um, 
I have a, it is not an actual term. I've coined it in my head, just toxic productivity. <laughs> I, I always feel like I need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not doing something, I just feel a lot of guilt. I think that's, I think a lot of people deal with that, but like a recent thing is I'll try to sit on the balcony to relax or just to like chill out. Um, and the only way that I can allow myself to do that is if I have like a really tall glass of water and I tell myself that if I'm drinking the whole glass of water while I'm sitting here, it's fine. Cause that's a productive thing to do, but I can't just sit there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh huh. So that, and then I've only, I've recently started using not recently. I've been using TikTok for a while, but um, like I'll scroll through TikToks and that's kind of relaxing. But the only reason I allow myself to do that without feeling bad is because the videos that I like, I show on stream. So it's like you can justify it because it can be used for work. Right, 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 right. Yes. Driving too. I can't listen to music in the car anymore because I don't feel like it's productive use of my time. I only listen to audiobooks, even if I don't really want to listen to an audiobook. I like I listen to audiobooks because I feel like I'm learning something. Yeah. No, toxic productivity is a huge issue. Okay. Um, and, and it's funny because we've uh, we recently started a, like a, an interesting pilot at Healthy Gamer because, I'll, you know, a lot of times we'll um, have people who. So our community is actually quite diverse. And um, what we actually discovered recently, uh, not recently, but what we've sort of haven't addressed is that there are a lot of people who are very productive in our community. And so we actually, diverse in term, sorry. Yeah. Diverse in terms of like age range or demographics. Or so many things. Okay. So we started out when I started streaming, you know, and probably had like less than 10,000 followers. It was like 95% male, 5% sure. female. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're like 70, 30 or even 65, 35, I think oh, is what great. our audience is. Uh, our age range has also recently expanded to include like parents. So like, you know, there will be we have a, a uh, just wrapped up a parent pilot where we had like, you know, 50 year olds, 60 year olds who are like, that's cool. Trying to we were trying to explain to them, you know, how to communicate with their kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the other Sweet. thing that, that we've started working on is is sort of like high performance. So there are a lot of people, you know, on Twitch or in our audience, in our community who are software developers, um, you know, executives, things like that. And you know, professional, uh, you know, professional athletes of various kinds. Um, and so we've started like actually running groups for them and seeing if we can help them. And I think this toxic productivity actually comes up there a lot where people are, you know, I think toxic productivity is a good phrase. Um, okay, sweet. I thought I made it up, but I'm I'm glad to hear that. No, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a, yeah, I, you know, so let me ask you something. When you say you allow yourself to sit on the balcony. So, like, let's just look at that construction for a second. OK. Mm-hmm. Who is the myself and who is doing the allowing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know how to answer that question. Do you uh, under like, yeah. Are we talking like a future me and like my present self or something? I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, it's a weird question, right? Because so mm-hmm. you use the phrase, I allow myself to sit on the balcony. Sure. So like the reward is Maya gets to sit on the balcony. 
And it's almost like there's a child and there's a parent in that sentence. Mm -hmm. Right. Who's doing the allowing and who's getting to say it's like it's I I mean, it's almost like a parent child kind of thing where it's like, mom, can I sit on the balcony? It's like only if you drink a glass of water, because that's being productive and you don't have time to just sit on the balcony and do nothing. That's actually that's interesting. That just made me think of I. uh, I do kind of have that dichotomy like inside of because I am 22, you know, I just graduated college. Um, I still like want to go to bars and drink and stay up until, you know, two, three, whatever with friends, just drinking and whatever. But I also uh, am now I also now run a nonprofit. (laughs) So there's there's two very different people that like exist within myself. So it's probably an argument between the two. Um, there's a part of me that wants to be not productive and all of my peers, the people that I live with and and my friends in Texas as well are all streamers. Uh, so they pretty much do whatever they want. You know, Mm -hmm. um, they don't have many responsibilities besides eating, sleeping and streaming. Um, and sometimes I wish I lived like that. You know, sometimes I wish I could just chill and do whatever. And, um, but that's just like not the case for me. So yeah, it's, it's probably between the, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I think it makes a lot but, of sense. Okay. So I, I think you see that a lot of your social circle can do this thing that's kind of like, you know, I, I do think it's actually tends to be a little bit more challenging for them because I think like you, I imagine that they, th- they don't just get to have fun because fun starts to become content. And so they're that's in true. the business of having fun, that's which true. sometimes changes how fun it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can definitely see that, like, you're struggling with some kind of work-life balance sort of things. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So why is it important for you to listen to audiobooks instead of music? I just have an endless need to learn things, which is great. Um, but it's too much. You know, <laughs> like, sometimes I, like, I would like to just chill and listen to music. But it's like, why would I be listening to music if I could be listening to and I, I don't listen to any fiction audiobooks either. It's always nonfiction or it's like a survival audiobook or it's like something honestly just boring, like stuff that I don't really feel like I want to know. But I'll listen to audiobooks on like I listen to one on string theory. I don't fucking care about string theory. You know, like I, I was an ag major, um, but I just feel like I should know more. I don't know. I want to know more about different uh, about yeah. different things and. If I'm driving and not learning, I feel like it's not a productive use of my time. Yeah. So we're going to highlight one word and I want you to pay attention for this word. Should. Mm. You should know more. Mm -hmm. Where does help me understand that? Why should you know more? (laughs) We go all the way back to our conversation. You have so many conversations. But the last time we talked, we talked about uh, where I grew up. So I grew up in the Silicon Valley, um, which is a very productive, very mm. high achieving um, location for schools. This oh, have, has some of the best right. schools in the nation and uh, also some of the highest suicide rates in the nation. And they're absolutely related. Uh, so I was not low achieving in school. I mean, I, I graduated with uh, like a well, I graduated with a 4.2 weighted, but I was not smart in uh, school or I wasn't like one of the smart ones. I just did fine. Um, So and like in elementary school, you get placed in advanced math classes or normal math classes. I was never in advanced math classes. So it probably comes from there. Um, Just like should be doing more, should uh, should know more, should 
be higher achieving, should be going to this school, should be doing this, but blah, blah, blah. Thanks for reminding me. That had slipped my mind. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, of course. Um, and thank you for drawing that connection because I, I, you know, sounds like something sunk in. Yeah, it, that makes sense. And yeah, so let's let's so it sounds like last time we sort of got into where the should comes from. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. refreshing my memory. And so if I'm hearing you correctly, you kind of grew up in a particular environment where Comparison was important. Achievement was important. Standards were high. Big shoes to fill. For sure. And you were not one of the chosen ones. Yeah. And so you have to work really hard to enter the chosen one category. Yeah, I guess so. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm doing fine. I'm pretty proud of myself where I am today. Um, and... I, my, my parents wanted me to go to Cornell and I'm glad that I didn't because I loved it at Cal, I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, which is, uh, not nearly as hard to get into as Cornell and it's not an Ivy. Um, but I was so much happier there than I would have been, you know, if, if I went there and, or if I went to Cornell. So I'm happy with that choice. Um, so it's fine. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it definitely has contributed to to the things that I'm talking about today, but I'm well, not like upset about it. What has contributed to the things you're talking about today? The need to compete and compare and all that. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So when you say it's contributed, can you help me understand how your need to be better has shaped your life? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, I might, it might get a little muddy. So growing up, we also talked a lot about my sister. Um, my sister's 18 months older, um, and she was very, very high achieving all throughout elementary, middle, and high school. Um, and she went to an Ivy, she went to UPenn, mechanical engineering, um, whatever. And so she did really, really well in school and did really well playing soccer. Um, and so people knew her for those things. People knew me as like the animal girl in high school because we grew up on a farm um, and I would like bring animals to her soccer games and I um, was really, really into horsemanship. Um, so I spent a lot of time, a lot of time training horses and all that. Um, and I think I felt that I had a niche there and I needed to excel in animal things or in what I was interested in to have like my own identity that was on the same level as the one that she had. Um, and I think that that stuck with me since middle school or high school, whenever that started is just like being the best in my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so you had to get an A plus in something. Exactly. And it yeah. wasn't going to be mathematics. So you chose horsemanship. Right. <laughs> I said, fuck <laughs> mathematics. I, I had never, yeah, I was terrible at math. I still am. Yeah. So you should go on school. Have you thought about that? Do you know what that is? No. What is that? Oh my gosh. Matt has, Ms. Kiff has this show called schooled do you know the show are you smarter than a fifth grader no okay it's basically like you go on and they ask you questions that are kindergarten level questions first grade second grade third grade right and the point is maybe this isn't fair the point is kind of to make the contestants look dumb because it's like you can't answer a third grade question but it's just because you don't remember those things you know um but he has it and then you can get subs depending on how high you go and then if you win there's a ten thousand dollar competition at the end but that would be really interesting for you to go on <laughs> And, and see if I'm smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah, <laughs> essentially. 
actually. Well, it goes all the way up through high school. Um, but most people get out about eighth grade, ninth grade. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I'll definitely think about it. But I, I'm not so sure that I would be so optimistic because I have an almost four year old and an almost six year old. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that, you know, they would outperform me in many ways. Yeah, I would do it. My three year old, <laughs> my three year old yesterday told me that I need to eat with my mouth closed. Wow. So, you know, I, check, huh? yeah, I, I don't really <laughs> know how to feel about that because on the one hand, it's like, wow, we're like, you know, she's learning manners and stuff. And mm. also she's, you know, being, I don't yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't know. Um, my older one is a little bit of a, a tyrant. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she recently discovered that there's a job called a director. Oh boy. And that the job of the director is to tell other people what to do. So she was like, wait, their whole job is to direct people. And I was like, yes, that's correct. And she's like, she's, she's power hungry. She has the (laughs) desire to lord over others. I like it. Um, That's sweet. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Ms. Kiff. And, and so that sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool. Guy's amazing. He really is. He's really good at what he does. Yes. I remember trying to convince him of that some some time ago. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. He also seems to have grown a lot in confidence. I've caught a couple of clips and, and stuff of him, and he seems to be really doing amazing. Yeah, he's doing well for himself. He feels he feels good about it. So. Yeah. Um, but kind of going back to you and developing a niche in horsemanship. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hearing that, you know, early on you sort of decided that you were going to be the best at something. Mm-hmm. And then I can imagine the should in your head pushed you. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. How did you feel studying when you said you were an ag major? I assume you mean agriculture. Yes. Okay. Yeah, agricultural communication. Well, agricultural education and communications is my major. How did you feel about having that as your major? I thought it was sick. Um, it is a pretty Dank unique sick? major. It was like cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty small major. Um, and all of my friends and my sister are either mechanical engineers, software engineers, electrical engineers, or uh, pre-medics. Engineer. Medicine? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, so all, good. Of, all of them. Uh, if you really want to be try hard, you can do electrical engineering, double major, pre med. Yeah. Or biomed, actually, biomed, biomed engineering. Actually, yeah, biomed friends yeah, too. Biomed engineering, pre med. There you go. That way you um, can win all of the prizes. It's very good. Um, yeah, so all my friends were in there. My dad. I think deep down, my dad probably wanted me to be an engineer, but knew that I would never go into engineering. Um, so I just looked for a major that I actually wanted to do. Um, and I only applied to two schools and it was Cal Poly and Colorado State, Fort Collins for ag communications or equine science. Cool. Horse science. And so I'm hearing that you've grown into someone that you can be proud of. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And you've accomplished a lot. Yeah. When you compare yourself to your friends, where are you? Are you doing good? Yeah, most of them are still in school because yeah. uh, they're they're pre-med. 
um, or they're getting masters or whatever. So, yeah. And you have started a nonprofit and built something. Yeah. You're not just a student. Right. Thank God. Sorry, Chad, if you're in school, stay in school. School's great. I hate it. God, I'm so glad I'm not in college anymore. I didn't hate college, but I'm happy to not be in academics. So why do you have to listen to audiobooks when you're in the car? That's an interesting question. (laughs) Um, I guess I'm picking the books that I'm reading or listening to. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know because I like learning. I don't like doing assignments that are... Or that I thought were pointless. I had the whole, like, a very oh, subtle, like, fuck the system thing in my head. But I'm sure subtle. you like learning. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt of that in my mind. But I don't think you listen to audiobooks because you like learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? I think you listen to audiobooks because you should be learning. Oh, that's true. Maybe. Yeah. So if I were to tell you, have you read Harry Potter? No. Any interest? No. Do you like fiction? I don't know. I've never I've never read fiction in my own time. Oh, well, for school I've read fiction. Okay, what do you think about the idea of reading fiction? Um oh, this is like I wish I wanted to cuz I know that it, it like can be important. Honestly, my my first reaction is that I think it's like watching movies and TV shows that are fiction. And I feel like that's a waste of time, but it's even more of a waste of time because it takes longer. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So I know that that's like if we're (laughs) going to waste time, we're going to be efficient about it. Right. Yes. Yeah. If we're going to why would I spend eight hours reading a book when I could watch two hours reading a movie? We're going to optimize our debauchery to the book while you're getting somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So always optimizing. Mm hmm. Very common in people with toxic productivity. Mm-hmm. Also not necessarily a bad thing. So I think this is where, um, you know, your tendency to optimize is probably something that's a personality trait that will serve you well. I think the main thing is for us to explore how you can get in control of it instead of it being in control of you. So let me ask you a question. What do you what would you say to a friend of yours if they said, yeah, the only time I'm allowed to sit outside is if I have a very tall glass of water so I can be productive? Oh, I hate that test. I use that. I use that test in my head all the time. Um, Can you tell I, me I'd about say it was that? Dumb. That well, test just like, that you use in your head all the time. <laughs> uh, like the the friend test. Like if your friend was saying the things that you're saying, you know, about yourself, what would you say to your friend? That kind of thing. What do you um, hate about that test? Because it always shows that I'm too hard on myself, or that I'm not doing what I would tell a friend to do. Which is not like, it's not a bad thing. It's a good test. That's, that's why I use it. But it is like a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. No, like no, no. Can, can, that's can, bad. Can, can I just think for a second? For sure. There's something oddly recursive about what you just said. Okay. So like, it's almost like, you should be doing better at passing that test. Yeah, <laughs> you see that? That's actually, that's true. It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, but yeah, so, so then let's forget about that test. I don't, uh, but I, you know, 
why do you think you would advocate some things for your friends as opposed or what what makes you have a different standard for yourself than other people? Oh, um, we'll go into the whole like imposter shit. I, I feel like I'm extremely lucky to be in the position that I'm in. Um, and I am, I, I got, I got lucky by there being a Redditor in my chat when I was a small streamer that posted me on LSF and then I met Miz and then like it went from there. Right. Um, and I feel a ton of pressure because, um, I have the platform that I do and there aren't a lot of people doing conservation education on Twitch. Um, I call it an untapped reservoir all the time, not just because of the fundraising potential, but because of the audience that we're reaching that is like from the people that I know in conservation education, just notoriously hard to reach and educate. Um, so I feel like I have this opportunity to teach so many people uh, things that they wouldn't be learning otherwise. And so I need to do a really good job at it um, and I need to do it fast before the platform dies or before I get canceled or before I get banned or before, you know, whatever, before I lose the opportunity. Um, so I feel like because of the platform that I have, I have to do good with it and not, not waste it. Okay. So we're going to note a couple of things. Okay. One is mm -hmm. the sand in the hourglasses running out. Mm -hmm. Is that how it feels to you? Um, yeah. I mean, it's not, super severe. It's not like I'm like, what if I only have a year left? Like, I, I think I have a good, you know, five, 10, 15 years uh, with what I'm doing right now. Um, but eventually I know that, you know, it's, it's a social platform, like it'll change or die or whatever. And um, it doesn't yeah. sound to me like you are behaving in a way in which you have 15 years left. That is true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have 15 years on Twitch. I don't know how long I'm going to be streaming for. Um, Alveus, my, my nonprofit, I'm not dropping in the next 10 years. I need to do so. it fast. Can you help me understand that? Um, I guess it's just because I feel like I have the opportunity now. It's the same reason that I do so many sponsors. I like feel... Like I have to bankroll right now while I have sponsorship opportunities. Um, I don't know, just because it's like there. Okay. I also need to make money um, because I put all of my money that I've made through streaming into the property that I purchased for the nonprofit. Um, and my parents helped me with the down payment. So now I owe my parents money um, and, you know, I got to pay a mortgage and I have to pay for my horse and I have to pay for my backpack and for rent and food and all that um so so this may sound kind of weird maya but there's what you need to do there's so i don't doubt that the time to strike is now and strike while the iron is hot does that make sense like you're like this is an opportunity i have to do this now i can get behind that a hundred percent and i'd say go for it mm -hmm. at the same time there's a difference between now is the time to act and feeling like now is the time to act. Okay. Does that make any sense to you? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Spartan? So I think um, you do a really good job of piecing things together. So I'm going to go like a little bit more theoretical. Mm -hmm. So the feeling of desperation is a feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I have an opportunity that's only available now, I can take advantage of the opportunity. But whether I feel desperate, the, de the feeling of desperation may be completely appropriate. Mm. But it's still a feeling. Right. Yeah. 
and and what I'm hearing the need for is some separation between taking advantage of the oppor- opportunity and sort of feeling desperate that now is going to be the only chance that you get. Right. So do you feel desperate? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's primarily financially driven right now, though. Like, if there was a sponsor that I didn't necessarily want to do, I would do it um, if it was, like, a significant amount of money because I don't think that that same deal will come in the next, like, six months. Yeah. You know? I can understand that. So I think that there's the financial reality and then there's like the way that you feel about it, which I think gets that's a lot of what leads to toxic productivity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you explain it to us? How those two things could be related? Maybe I'm the thing that's sticking in my head right now is like the that they're two separate things is there's like a positive and, and doing what's in front of you and taking the opportunity and then um, feeling desperate about it and doing it because of that feeling of desperation. Right. So one of those is the productive part. One of those right. is the toxic part. Right. Right. So so right, beautifully explained, by the way. I well, thank you. I disagree. But <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. You should have done a better job. Is that what you mean to say? <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, and I guess it makes everything that I go, it's not everything that I do is toxic, but um, being as productive as I am feels toxic because it's all like, have to do it now because like I have the opportunity now. So it's not like I'm doing it just because it's like sitting there and like now's the time. It's like you have to do this now, do this, 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 this. And what happens if you don't do it now? Um, I don't make enough money or I lose viewership or Alveus doesn't do as well as I want. Um, and then what happens? And then, well, lots of different things. If it's the money thing, I don't get to pay my parents back, which is not going to happen. Um, if it's the, what are the other things I said? Uh, Alveus doesn't do as well. I have like, a, I have a couple tests that I run in my head for that as well. One of or for just like when I'm around the nonprofit. And one of them is I have a conservation podcast also that I'm doing monthly now. I was doing it weekly. And there's a lot of people that come on there that I really, really admire and respect for their research or their, you know, their what they do in education or whatever. And so I have that list of people. And I think if they were watching my content right now or they were seeing what I was doing with this nonprofit, would I be proud or would I be embarrassed? Um, so I would be embarrassed if I didn't do well with Alveus. Um, and for my reputation in, in the industry. Um, and then, and then I don't what remember the happen? other thing I said. If I was embarrassed and I didn't do well in the industry, uh, then I feel like I would have to stop climbing the ladder. You would which, have to stop climbing the ladder. Well, no, maybe I just get knocked down a few rocks. I don't know. I, I would nope. like. I would trust yeah. what you initially said, even if it doesn't okay. make. Right. So then who yeah, would I you guess. be? You'd have to stop climbing the ladder. Like, that's an interesting statement. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd go back to being an intern or I would go do something else. I think you'd get a B. Uh, maybe. In your thing. God forbid. <laughs> I get a B. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you, Maya, 
is, and let me know if this is, I step out of line, okay? How are you feeling right now? Feeling okay? I'm fine. Okay. What I'm hearing is that if you didn't take advantage of this opportunity, it would all come crumbling down. All, yeah, I guess. I'm trying to think of what wouldn't, but yeah, I don't really know. Right. So it's interesting because you can think about all the things that would come crumbling down, even though if we're if we're logical about it, like. You're not going to get flattened by any of this stuff like you can miss opportunities, things will go not your way and you're going to do fine. Yeah. Do you believe that about yourself? Yeah, no, I'd be fine. I'm yeah. Kill myself. Uh, so. That's not what. <laughs> well, I'm not going to die. How else wouldn't I be fine? I would li- I'd be alive. Like, I but no. I would I probably wouldn't be happy. OK, hold. That was not what I was expecting to hear. Oh, <laughs> by, by fine, I meant that I think your nonprofit would continue to do well and you would continue oh. to grow. I Even thought you, you meant missed- like. Sorry, I'm interrupting you a lot. Nope, no, no, uh, I appreciate it. Please, please interrupt. What were you going to say? I thought you meant if the nonprofit didn't work and like my opportunity being like me streaming and doing the nonprofit, like if I had to like stop streaming for whatever reason. Yeah. And Alvaeus died. Like, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. So I know this sounds weird. I think you'd do fine if that happened. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm putting, what I'm, the reason I make that assessment is because I think your commitment to this mission is so resilient that you would find a way to make a difference. And if it wasn't mm-hmm. this opportunity that you're taking advantage of, you'd keep on floating yeah. around the space. And because you are productive and because you are brilliant and gifted and all of those other things, that you would find a way to move forward. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That's probably true. I, I'm not sure that it would be in the... Well, it probably would be in the same industry. I can't imagine doing a different one but yeah i'd probably find something else to do but i can understand that in your mind you may not remember that all the time yeah i mean i don't think about it but what do you think about just in general like (laughs) on a when it comes to not seizing opportunities um I don't know, just like slowing down. Like things with Alveus, like if I don't seize an opportunity with Alveus, like is that going to slow down the the development of the nonprofit and like how fast I can get to doing collaborations and how many ambassadors we acquire? Um, and then for myself, it's more like money. Do you um, want to slow I'm down? Gonna, no. Can you afford to slow down? Um, yeah. Really? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, Alvaeus was, was supposed to be a three-year plan. I mean, it would be completely reasonable if it took me three years to to build out the facility that I'm building. Um, but it doesn't sound like you can afford to slow down. Well, not to me, but in reality, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could. Well, we're talking to you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so let's talk about you know, forget about reality because who cares about that. Okay, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you slow down? What? Because the more sponsors I do, the faster I make my money back. Um, and then 
the faster Alveus develops, the faster I have a successfully running nonprofit that I'm really proud of that's making an actual difference. Because right now it's just all temporary. What's the rush? Probably the like amount of time that I feel like I have to make the difference. Like how long I'm going to be streaming or... So I think we come back to the sand and the hourglasses running out. Mm-hmm. And so this is where... How, how's this conversation going for you, by the way? Good. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you something. Have you Has the sand and the hourglass run out for you before? Have you missed an opportunity that you can never get back? I don't think so. I, I can't think of anything. I mean, maybe, maybe something small, but no like big life. So uh, nothing pops into your head when I ask that question. No. It feels to me, Maya, when I'm talking to you, that you're like, you know, the image that I get in my mind is like a surfer who's riding a really high wave that's going to crash at some point. Oh, that's great to hear. <laughs> Sweet. Does that image resonate with you at all? Um, I guess. Yeah. It does kind of feel like a peak. Yeah. 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 But I don't, I mean, I don't anticipate a crash anytime soon. Sure. But eventually, like for all streamers, not all streamers, I can't speak for all streamers, but there's like a... We have this crazy opportunity while we're this age, you know, and we're streaming and you peak in viewership at some point. You just do, you know, like you, you get to a point where you're like as big as you're going to be. You may get followers, but like you'll end up decreasing in viewership eventually. Um, so there is like, I don't know, there's there's a peak somewhere. Um, and I do feel like with the start of all this and once Alveus is running and I'm doing all that content, like, yeah, like how do you. I don't know, like how do you achieve higher than that? I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, this is a bad example, and I'm sure he's completely fine, but there was some kid, I don't even remember his name, that won that Fortnite World Cup or something at age like 14 or something, 15? Mm -hmm. Was it Bug Bugga or so? Yeah, yeah. Um, when he did that, my first thought was like, damn, if he's going to be doing competitive esports for the rest of his life and Fortnite is his game, like, how is he ever going to feel like he's beat himself again and i don't mean beat himself like you know like how can he ever top yeah. that right yeah yeah so you said it feels like you're at the peak yeah well not right now i'm like up there though i'm like <laughs> building building up there yeah i mean where do we go once we hit the top of the peak i don't know um I'll need to find other things that I think are really fulfilling and, and uh, productive. Like I, for Matt, like he has OTK, Ms. Kiff, um has OTK and he's gonna like continue doing business after he decides to not stream so much anymore. Um, and so that'll be really fulfilling for him and he'll take all of his experience into there. So he'll continue being really successful. For me, it's hard because my goal is conservation education, you know, like I want to teach as many people as possible. So the idea of going from streaming and doing it on stream to like tens of thousands to going to like, if I quit streaming and then I go to classrooms or something and teach kids, it'll just feel like less of an impact. 
um, because of like what I want to do, you know, but I guess I could consult or something and teach people about digital conservation education that that might be fulfilling, but not as fulfilling as actually doing it. Maybe it would. I don't know. <laughs> so Maya, I'm hearing a lot of different stuff. Okay. Okay. So here's what I'm hearing. All right. Now you do a really good job of sharing a statement or a feeling and then putting a lot of context or counterpoints around that. Have you noticed that you do that? So like, for example, you were like, it it feels like I'm at a, I asked you about the surfer analogy and then you said, yeah. I, I feel like I'm at the peak. And then if I ask you, do you feel like you're at the peak? And then you say, not yet. And then you kind of add some context and know oh, I could do this and I could do this. So I think you have to be a little bit careful in your mind because I think a lot of your toxic productivity, the toxicity is coming from that instinctual response. And then you do all of these things to kind of like wrap around it and kind of like, you know what I mean? At it, yeah. Yeah, right? So just, just be careful about that. Because I think if you mm -hmm. don't... Justifying your toxic productivity or reassuring yourself is not the same as like fixing the root issue of like why you feel a particular way. So here's what I'm hearing. The first is that you carved out your niche, right? You are mm -hmm. not the star student, but you found this thing in which you could be a star. It's A+. plus. You're 22. You're doing great. You're growing. It's a lot of fun. You're genuinely dedicated. I absolutely see that. And then there's also like this kind of tricky thing, right? Because there's the sand and the hourglass is running out. Like you need to be learning more. You should be doing better. It's got to be better, better, better. Um, we haven't really quite talked about this, but I, I get the sense that you're both confident in yourself and you have the echoes of not being confident in yourself left over. So it's sort of like this idea where like, until I make it to a certain level, then I can rest easy. We haven't quite talked about that yet, but I would venture if we continue to talk, we would eventually uncover this sort of idea that once I get to this point, then I can relax. Do you have that kind of thinking in your mind? Mm -hmm. What does that point look like? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I haven't hit it yet. So I, don't, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. So that's, but you know what I mean when I say like, there's a part of your mind that says you can relax once everything gets settled. Yeah. Like once you're sure that it'll last, once the sand in the hourglass is no longer running out. Right. Yeah. Once the house of cards gets, you know, slathered in concrete and becomes stable. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's tricky because, you know, I, it, it, very insightful, Maya. So I ask you, what does that look like? And you're like, I have no idea. And you never will. Mm -hmm. So this is the problem with toxic productivity is like, even if I get to this peak, I want to be climbing. I want to be growing. I need to be doing better because I don't quite have 100% faith in myself. And then you're going to find another peak to climb. You can start doing consulting. You can do this. You can do this. It'll never end. You can always find some way to grow. You can push yourself to be better and learn more and stuff like that. But as long as like, but that's just the sand in the hourglass is going to continue. Mm. Like you're always going to feel like, oh, now I have this consulting opportunity and like someone else on TikTok is doing conservation. So like my time has passed and there is another 22 year old and I'm haggard and old at the age of 24. Right. You know, yeah. 
And then unless I start consulting, then that person's going to do the consulting. And then I, I will have, you know, there's new forms of social media and the platform is temporary. That kind of thinking can propagate forever. Mm-hmm. So what do you think we do about this? I don't know. <laughs> I've uh, yet to figure it out. I don't know. I, I can't remember when I wasn't. I'm trying to think of like when I wasn't like this because it definitely wasn't in high school. Um, you definitely weren't like this in high school or you were like no, this? I was. I was like this in high school and I, I was like this in middle school as well. Um, I think at least since sixth grade. Um, so I don't know <laughs> how to fix that. What were you like before the sixth grade? Um, I don't know how to describe myself. <laughs> I mean, I uh, spent a lot of time outside um, with at the barn with my horse and uh, had a lot of play dates and like showing people the animals and whatever. But there was never like a... Uh, I need to get good at something. I just, actually, that's not true. No, uh, it goes further back because I did uh, figure skating um, and felt really competitive in that. So, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was little before fourth grade. So then even further back before that, I don't know. Then I just existed as like a child. I don't think (laughs) I had aspirations. I think I was just like trying things. Yeah. So let me ask you something. What would it feel like to relax? My first thought was stressful, which is mm-hmm. terrible. It doesn't make sense. Um, you shouldn't feel that way, Maya. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't know. I think I just get stressed out. I, I think. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a waste well, of time. Yeah. So what is it like to waste time? How does that feel to you? The thought of wasting time? Stressful. It like makes me itch. Okay. So stress is an umbrella term, right? So like what, what can you tell me more about what would be stressful about you taking a day off? Falling behind and then having more to do the next day or not making money that day or not, I don't know, not talking to who I was supposed to talk to that day or like letting people down by not doing everything, talking to everybody. Um, Yeah. Are you behind now? Yeah. A little bit. Not a lot. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I mean, in terms of like tasks. Yeah. How about spiritually do you feel like you're behind in life no i don't think so either have you been behind in life before yeah um when i was i my previous relationship i dated a guy for five years and we started dating when i was 15 um and then up through college uh and i feel like we both kind of paused in that relationship, you know, which is like kind of normal. Um, so I do feel like I was behind there. And then after that, I did like a, a lot of therapy. Um, 
and had like a year and some change of being single and whatever and um grown a lot since then but I was yeah I felt like I was stunted back then how did it feel to be stunted I didn't know I was stunted so (laughs) um so at the time it was just like how it was and then after it was like damn that's embarrassing (laughs) so I'm hearing another part of your toxic productivity which is you're never going to fall behind again yeah maybe Right. So you've been there Mm -hmm. before and you may not have noted at the time, but I think you knew it at the time. You understood on some level that this was not good. Sure. And you just didn't know any different back then. Right. But now that you know different, I think part of where I hear your desperation coming from is like never again. Mm hmm. And I'm sort of hearing if I'm going to connect some dots here. You let me know if these are fair or unfair, but like. I get the sense like, you know, this desperation, this wave crashing, this like, there's just a lot of like imagery that maybe I'm inflating. So you got to let me know. You got to set me straight. Okay. If I'm being too dank. But, um, you know, I, I, I get a lot of like weird things, Maya. Like, so I'm getting a, a feeling of like fear. I'm getting a fear of, it's weird because I think these things are coexist with confidence. So like I'm getting some sense of like, it's going to come crumbling down. This is my A plus. I have to make it work. You know, I'm actually, I'm crushing those noobs who are in like applying to med school right now because I'm out actually making the world a better place. And, and I can hold my head up high because I have an A plus and this is my niche. And, and there's all that kind of stuff. And like, if that all comes like crumbling down, because what I hear is really like a desperation that it's all going to come crumbling down then who am I going to be? I'm going to be back to being stuck. I'm going to be back to being behind. And this is where you assure me that you're not going to kill yourself. But it's sort of, it's interesting, right? Because if like, it's, that's the reassurance. It sort of implies that there's not, there's nothing in the not middle, yeah. right? There's yeah. like where you are now right. and there's no gray zone between like, don't worry, I won't kill myself. And right. I'm crushing it and started a nonprofit and I'm accomplishing. So like, this is the crazy thing, right? I ask you, are you behind? And you're like a little bit. And then it's like, you've got a three year plan, which is you're accomplishing in three months. So that's drastically ahead. And logically, if you were your friend, you would say, Maya, you can afford to slow down. You've got, you know, you've got about 33 months that you're ahead. Mm-hmm. But that logical part, like, I don't think you can. I think it's terrifying, like stressful is a good word. Like. What would it be like to take a day off? I I just feel like I would be falling behind if I did. Um, we'll see because I'm supposed to, so my birthday is on the 24th and I want to, it's kind of weird, dumb. I just like want to go to a hotel that's not far away because I don't want to be too far away from the nonprofit and the animals in case anything happens. Like I don't want to actually travel, but I just want to sit in the hotel because then I feel like I have an excuse to not be on my PC and to not be working. Um, but even then I guarantee I'm still going to be doing emails like on my phone and like trying to be productive. So, yeah, I don't know if I if I actually had to sit there and relax without my phone or without like the ability to work. I I just don't think I would like it. I think I would just panic. Yep. And what would your mind produce for you in those moments? What kind of thoughts would you have? Um, 
Well, if it was my choice, then it would be guilt. If I was like forced in the situation, then I'd just be like scared. What would you feel guilty about? Um, not taking, like having a full day, like that many hours to do things and to catch up on things and to get ahead on things and not doing it. What's wrong with not getting ahead on things? I leave more for myself the next day and then the next day and the next day and then it piles up and then I lose my mind. Okay. Why do you have to do so much? Because I have the opportunity now. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you start laughing there? It's like a circle. Circular. Yeah. A full circle thing. <sighs> yeah. So this is where I, I think Maya, I know it sounds you're going to hold on. Can I think for a second? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maya, do you want <laughs> do you do you want to be no longer toxically productive? I don't know. I, to be honest, like I cannot imagine myself not moving as fast as I do. Okay, I would just so, feel bad about myself. I feel like I could do better. Yep. So, so the reason I, because I, I think that this, so the next, <laughs> the rest of this conversation is useless because, okay, because, <laughs> because like, I think it starts with, do you want to change? I wish, I do wish that I could relax. I, in college, I was, I, we talked about this at the very beginning. I, it was like stress, but it was bad stress because I didn't care about what I was doing. But in college, I could go out, I would go out during golden hour and sit there and just like watch, you know, and really enjoyed that and like could soak it in whatever. I would do art projects just for fun. Like I would paint stuff and, and whatever, because all I had to do was an assignment, you know, and then turn it in. And once I got done with it, if I did, if I wasn't done with all that, I was like, I could not relax. But once I was done and I felt caught up with it, I didn't feel the need to excel past that. Um, so I would just sit and chill and like soak in stuff. I wish that I could do that now, but now that I have all the autonomy and I have like, I know what I have to do to get ahead. Um, I just feel like I constantly have to be doing that. Does that make any sense? Makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that being in charge, you know, it's interesting. So when I was in residency, we work like 80 hours a week. Right. And that's a lot. That's so much. And so then people would say like, oh, like after you're done with residency, like you get to relax, right? Like you only have to work 60 hours a week. And then I sort of did that for a while. And then I became my own boss. And then it was like, wow, like if I don't do this thing, it doesn't get done. Right. And the earlier it gets done, the better it is for everyone. And the only bottleneck to making the world a better place is my laziness. <laughs> and so I better get up off my ass because I can do all of these things. I'm the only one that can do them. And if they if I don't do them, they don't get done. Right. Yeah. That that part resonates. Yeah. So I, I think I think it comes down to consequences, which is like what happens if that stuff doesn't get done? Um. I mean, for me, it's just like there are less people learning about conservation and less good is happening for the planet. Um, there's like 
that group of people that's not going to hear about not using this rodenticide, you know, and they're going to use it and then animals are going to die. Yeah. So you have, you have a real OP combo there because I think you have your toxic productivity sand and the hourglass is running out a touch of imposter syndrome. It'll all end in, in shambles. The wave will crash. That part of your mind then finds a very interesting poster child, which is make the world a better place. And the two of those, when combined, are very, very difficult to argue against. But be careful, because which one really is it? Right? Which one comes first? Is it the feeling of the sand in the hourglass? Or like you like relentlessly like, why do you sleep, Maya? Imagine how many animals are dying every hour you sleep. Mm -hmm. I've actually, yeah, I've struggled sleeping before because of that too but that's because uh, i'm also a wildlife rehabilitator so we have babies that we have to feed throughout the night and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and yeah there there are nights where i'm just like i cannot go to sleep that's selfish (laughs) um but which one is it more i I mean i would obviously like to say that it's uh my drive to make the world better but i'm honestly not sure um I, i don't know which one is more I would say I would say if I had, you know, this is where you have to correct me, but and I know you don't know now, but I I've seen this a lot where I think toxic productivity comes from like a genuine mission that gets hijacked by like a psychological need. Mm-hmm. So there is like a that, fear, that you know, and, and it's not and this is the tricky thing is because I, I can see that you're confident in yourself. Like I can see that you recognize objectively that you have accomplished a lot. And that also makes things so much more terrifying because like now you've built up like it's this grand experiment where you've borrowed money and it's happening and it's real and there's stuff on social media. So you like can't no take backs now. You have ambassadors that are relying on you. You have people that are relying on you. You have, you know, all kinds of things that are depending on you. So onward and upward Mm -hmm. and no looking back and no slowing down. And if all we have to sacrifice is Maya, so be it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So I want you to, I think it starts with, first of all, you you know, whether you want to slow down. Right, because I, I don't think you do. But what I will tell you is that I don't, I know this sounds absolutely crazy, but I don't think you relaxing will actually decrease your productivity at all. Well, that's good, because I don't want it to. <laughs> I know. So this is sort of giving into it. But in Uh my work of like, so I do a lot of work on optimizing performance. Mm -hmm. So case in point, I work with some like esports teams, for example. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know this, but esports teams grind a lot. Right. Grind. It, It took me months to convince. I do this with all the esports teams I work with. Some of them never get it. It took me months to explain to them that playing 12 hours a day of pubs does not actually make you better at the game Mm. at your skill level. And there's this relentless sense that you just have to grind, 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 grind. And the more you do, the better it is. Right. But I, I think that. I know it sounds weird, but I think that like you can accomplish just as much because I just don't think human beings are, you know, optimally productive once they cross a particular threshold. I think that doing things like relaxing is actually going to like boost your productivity. You know, there are studies that are done on, you know, working five days a week versus four days a week and people get the same amount of stuff done. 
What do you think about that? I think it makes sense to me, but it's also like when I think about my day to day and what I want to do to be more productive, it's like if I meet this contractor at my property today, the floors will get done today. That means that the site is more developed. Like if I call this like, you know, dumpster roll off, we'll get a dumpster today so we can clean more stuff out, which makes like which pushes pushes us further along. Sure. Like the more that I do in a day, the farther we get, you know. In- I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. Right. How does so you understanding string theory help your emu? Oh, my God, it doesn't at all. I, I don't know why. Like. I also don't know why I thought that I could under. I mean, obviously, I don't understand that. You can't understand string theory without like my my physics knowledge is horrible. Um, but I was just like, I should know at least what this is. Where does that come from? Why should you know what that is? I don't know. I guess I just don't feel like I'm. <laughs> oh, I just don't feel like I'm competent enough. Like, I feel like I should know. Like, if someone asked me, I'd just be like, I don't know. And I don't want to feel stupid. <laughs> so I don't want to not know. Like, I just want to know everything. Which what? is completely unrealistic. But what? See, there you, there you go again. Sharing a feeling. Yeah. And then what do you do? Uh. It's not really qualifying, is it? Um, like no, it's good, close enough. Qualifying, right? Right? Like you, 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 you play, you play tennis with yourself. You hit the ball across the net, and then you run over to the other side and you hit it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, my, I think if you want, like, I know this sounds kind of weird, but if you want to like improve in this aspect, you got to stop running over to the other side of the net. Mm-hmm. So. I know this sounds kind of weird, but do you? feel stupid oh all the time yeah but that's not new i just did it again sorry (laughs) continue (laughs) can you tell me about that um where when did i start feeling stupid probably in, in about sixth grade uh when no fourth grade when we started being accepted into advanced math courses that's probably where it started. And oh, and then in sixth grade, I couldn't pass my times tables for shit. And I was like, damn, I'm dumb as hell. Uh, so I probably started there. And then, uh, I don't know, same thing through high school, just other people achieving more. And then now, uh, just the people that I have on my podcast, I have, a, I mean, I have the platform, you know, and I'm pretty good at like being a bridge between science and like the public, you know, that's why I do the podcast and I have a role there, but I also constantly feel like I'm not qualified to be talking to the people that I talk to and they know so much more than me. Um, and I feel dumb a lot of times when I'm talking to them, cause they'll be talking about something and I'm like, I don't know what that is, or I don't know what that means. And I know it's not my place to be the scientist. I'm literally not the scientist on the podcast, but yeah. Okay. Can I think for a second? Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you feel dumb? What's the answer? What do you mean? Like, what do I So you say? feel dumb all the time. How do sure. you deal with that? Learn more. How's that working for you? I still feel dumb. <laughs> I mean, you can't learn Interest- everything. Interesting, right? Yeah, so, listening to the string theory book just made me feel more stupid. So, but wh- <laughs> never mind. No, so, but 
Did you? Ah. Okay. So let me ask you something. Every time you catch yourself doing the qualifier, do you feel stupid there? I don't feel stupid. I feel annoyed. Okay. (laughs) That I didn't think about it before I started it. Yep. So that's sort of, that's sort of, that feels the same. Okay. Yeah. Dumb. Right. I'm not trying to put words into your mouth, but you got to, you got to tell me. Right. So we got to be careful about that because like inadvertently, you're actually pulling me into a situation where I may make you feel stupid. Oh, you're fine. I'll tell you. Okay. So let's just pause for a second and think about this. So if you feel dumb and you you try to fix that by learning, right? Like when we feel a certain way about ourselves, we like make efforts in the real world to change it. And how effective is that? I I mean, it depends. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking like if it's like a very specific topic and you think that you're dumb in the topic and then you learn about it, then I would feel no longer dumb. Okay. So how long have you felt dumb? Probably at least fourth grade. Okay. Maybe, maybe before. How often do you feel dumb? Um... (laughs) Maybe like every other day. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's daily, but it's it may be. Okay. Maybe daily. So and how much have you learned between fourth grade and now? A lot. Absolutely. So how do you understand that? How do you understand the relationship between learning a lot and feeling dumb? What can we conclude? That learning more doesn't make me feel not dumb. Because I can't learn everything. Yeah. So then then the tricky issue becomes, what do we do with the feeling of dumbness? I don't know. Do you want that to change? Um, wait, I have to think about that. <laughs> um, do I want that to change? I. It's my primary motivator to learn, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Good answer. If I wanna <laughs> if I wanna not feel dumb. I mean there's times where I don't like feeling dumb. Sure. I hate feeling dumb on stream. But So we get we get to an interesting issue here, okay, Maya? So I'm gonna uh, highlight this again. I think a lot of like whether you want to change or not, uh, a lot of this is not about how you change or failing to change. It's about wanting to change. Because if I could give you a pill that would make you no longer feel dumb, would you take it? No, I think I'd be a dick if I took that. I don't want to be like a knower. I don't want to be a person that just like thinks that they know everything. Okay. If I could take away the feeling of being dumb. Uh, then yeah, no, that'd probably be good. I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I don't know if I need to feel dumb to have the motivation to learn things. There we go. Right. So now we get to another really, really important principle, which is a lot of the suffering caused by our mind is adaptive and helps us. We become dependent on it. Mm -hmm. Because look at how far you've come because you felt. Dumb. Seriously, I'm not kidding. It's not a joke. Yeah, I get it. Right. Because it's like, look at how inadequate you felt in the fourth grade. Because right. it's it, it's kind of interesting because you say that I wasn't in any advanced classes like that doesn't mean right. you're dumb. It just means you're normal. 
Right. Right. And, and even then it's like, and so like, this has been your driving force to like, you know, carve out your niche, get an A plus in horsemanship. When my new friends are like still in school with their head between books, like I'm going to be out there, like saving the world and doing endoscopies on emus, bitches. Right. I'm going to be someone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh huh. And you are someone and you've become someone. And yet you mm -hmm. carry the feeling of dumb with you. And I think this is all like feels related to me because it's sort of like I get the sense that if you miss out on, on an opportunity, you don't have faith in yourself to be able to recover that like this is the chance. Right. And if I miss this opportunity, I miss this opportunity, like everything is going to come crumbling down like you will only feel that way if you don't have faith in yourself to adapt to circumstances and find a way forward, which I, I think you're going to do fine. Like, I think that everything could come crashing down around you. And I think you'd be fine. It'd be hard psychologically, but I think that your actual commitment to your mission will find a way for you to make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think what this is going to be terrifying, but I think you have to be okay with being dumb. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's true. I uh, I have that in, I don't know how to make this not a tangent. Um, make it a tangent. Tangents are great. Okay. Uh, so in, when you work with animals, there's one of the things that I say all the time, I use the word knower as I feel like there's learners and there's knowers, you know, and for some reason in the animal industry, it's super prominent, like who's a knower and who's a learner. <laughs> uh, you just get people that have been in it for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever. And then you have these new people or younger people that are just really bright eyed and really passionate and are just learners and they want to learn everything. And they end up getting shut down by the knowers. And then those kids burn out. Um, I've seen it since I've started working in animals. I've seen so many burnouts at every single facility that I've worked at. I've, I've seen a burnout. Um, and so when I'm leading people at the rehab center, cause I'm on the board of directors at the rehab center. So I, I do volunteers and stuff like that. And I always tell them like, you don't ever feel dumb. You know, like it's asking me questions as you want, you know, like we're all dumb. Like we don't know what we're doing. We're like, I'm still learning all the time. I still have to call people all the time and ask questions about these birds. Cause I don't know this and I don't know this. Like I, I preach that I'm really annoying about it. Annoying is not the right word, but I like hammer it in, you know, it's the same thing at my facility. Um, I, I tell people who are who are helping at my facility like you like none of us know what we're doing so like ask as many questions you want. Um, this is why I didn't want to make it a tangent because I forgot what your actual question was. I think it was perfect. Okay. So trust in in the connections that your neurons make. So what I'm hearing from you is that. So there's there's a certain Maya who's actually confident in herself and is therefore okay being dumb. And then there's another yeah. Maya mm -hmm. who's not OK being dumb because she actually doesn't believe in herself. So right. she has to be smart. Mm -hmm. True. <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of come back to like, which one do you want to be? Um, the first one. <laughs> OK. Ideally. So this is this is good because I think we've we've uh, this is uh, I've asked you a couple of times if you want certain things. Do you want to be less toxically productive? You said no. You know, do you yeah. do you want to be stupid? You said yes. 
I want to feel dumb because it's what drives me forward. And I think now we've hit a point where like we can get on the same page about like what you want, which is mm-hmm. to recognize that actually like feeling dumb is completely independent from the acquisition of knowledge. And that actually, if we really pay attention, most of your growth has come out of places where you sort of admit your ignorance as opposed to try to fix it, right? Like there's a difference between learning to not feel dumb and like learning for the sake of like wanting to understand something. And I think the real challenge, Maya, for you is that you have so many different conflicting things that coexist, that you can be proud of yourself. You know you have your niche. You know you're good at what you do. You know that you're making an impact. You know that every time you sort of support a learner in the face of knowers, you're actually having a profound downstream effect on conservation. Mm-hmm. Right. So and this is where I, I think, like, frankly, you got to let go of all of this. Like, I need to do it now. Otherwise, like, you know, dogs won't be able to eat dinner tonight. Because mm-hmm. I, I think as someone who's just a little bit older and I got to play the I'm older card on you now, which is a card that I generally hate playing. But I'm going to I'm going to play it this once. We'll see how you receive it. OK, if it, if it works. But I, I think my the amount of impact that you're having, it's arrogant for you to think that. You know what impact that you're having and that's like cutting back a little bit is going to have such a profound impact on the world like you just don't know. Right. Like you have you have no idea how much these little conversations that you have when you're volunteering with someone who's like excited about conservation, like that can have such a huge impact on thousands or tens of thousands or or hundreds of thousands of animals lives. Right. So how is the I'm older, so I know better card playing with you? What do you think about that? And I think at the end of the day, I mean, I, I think it's okay to be dumb. It's okay to be inexperienced and it's not, everything's not going to come falling apart around you. What do you think about that? It, it makes no sense. I think that Good. it is fine for everybody except for me <laughs> because I like, because I'm running my own nonprofit. So I feel like I need to be the person that knows, you know? Nope. Um, yes and or, no. So, so I think, do you think if I made that statement to you before you launched your nonprofit, you would have said something else? Before I was started streaming, I would have agreed with you, I think. But since you've started streaming, it's, you no longer agree. So that's interesting, right? So I think you have to pay attention because your mind will come up with any justification. The justification will change. Mm -hmm. And And so that's okay. So, you know, what's it like to be the person who can't slow down? I don't know. I'm proud of it. And it's, it's a lot. I do feel like there's a lot of things that I'm missing. I mean, I still hang out with my friends and whatever, but I am not, I feel like I still could be living like a college kid and just like doing whatever I want and like enjoying my life. But I am I am enjoying my life, but I'm not chilling, you know, and I never will be ever again. I don't think. Well, it sounds like Um, you can't really afford to live a college life. Right. I mean, it sounds like the work that you're doing is more important. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a I don't know. It's a good and a bad thing. I mean, but net positive, right? Yeah. Net positive. So you, what choice do you really have? 
no, I mean, I'm not going to change it. So <laughs> I guess this is like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Now I feel like I've just wasted your time because <laughs> we just came back to, I'm uh, not changing anything. So what's the point? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Do you think this was a waste of time? No, I got a lot of good things from it, but it's also not like, I'm not leaving with like a big, like, I'm going to do this, this, and this and make this change and then be better. Like it's much more abstract than that, which is good. But I, I, I think that's what you like go for. <laughs> what <laughs> go do you for think? different things. I think you probably don't care or not, not that you don't care, but you're like, I don't think that you thought it was a waste of time. Why don't, why wouldn't I, why do I, why do you think I don't think this was a waste of time? Well, one, because you're polite <laughs> and two, um, like you wouldn't be like, yeah, why well, you just wasted my time. Um, but no, we talked about some cool stuff. I made some cool connections, um, in here and I think I felt more, I felt bad about the toxic productivity thing more than anything else until now. I don't love it, but I also realized that it's helped me a lot instead of just being like, why am I like this? So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think that I want you to change? No. I don't know. Do you? <laughs> Let me think about that for a second. Okay. I was trying to help you change. Um, but it took me a little while to realize that you don't want to change. And so that's okay. I'm not disappointed in that. And I think that one of the most important steps that we can take, because you came in and you said, this thing is bad. And yeah. now we're saying this thing is good. No, I still think it's bad, but I also think it's good now. And before I didn't think it was good at all. Hmm. Okay. So, and that's a win? Yeah. Okay. So, so here's what I'll, I'll share with you, Maya. I think that, um, I know it sounds weird, but you came in okay. thinking that toxic productivity is bad, and now you think that toxic productivity is good. And I think that's a win, too. Okay. Do you, sure. and there's a simple reason for that, which is you can come in and say, I want to change and then I can try to help you change. And what are you going to do when I try to help you change? If we were actually like, if we were, if you were like my therapist or something, we were doing this weekly and you're like, you got to do like, you got to relax. You got to, I'd just be frustrated. Yep. I'd be like, why are you telling me to not do as many things as I want to do? Yep. Right. So, so this yeah. is where like you came here and you said toxic productivity is bad. And then for a little while, we played the game of, okay, let's see if we can get you to change. And I think we came to a very important revelation, which is that toxic productivity is bad, but it also is good. It comes with a price. It's a double-edged sword, mm -hmm. you know? It's like eating a spicy curry. Like, it's good going down, but it ain't going to be pleasant coming out. You right. know, it's like you got you to pay the price. Right. Yeah. And um, or in the case of the emu, like, ooh, that ring looks so shiny. It's going to be so tasty. Mm -hmm. It's going to yeah. help me digest. 
So I, I, I think oddly enough, Maya, so like the first step is being aware of like what something does for you, right? Because I think if I had tried to make you change, then you would have just pushed back over and over and over again. So I do think it's actually a success. And this is for everyone out there who's listening. Like a lot of times we have a behavior that we think should change and we play the friend game with ourselves. Right. And we're like, oh, what would I tell my friend? And I'd tell them this. But if you have a behavior that you would tell a friend something and you don't listen to it at all, you don't you know, that's the game that you lose all the time. That's a sign that you really need to understand, like what your motivations are. Because until you like understand that you actually don't want it to change, it's never going to change. Interestingly enough, knowing that you don't want it to change is actually a step forward. It's better than pretending you want it to change. Yeah. And not actually wanting it to change. Mm -hmm. And I I know it sounds crazy, but I think it's going to be easier for you to relax when you go to the hotel room. Yeah. I think you're right. I'm very confused on why, but I, I do agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I, I think it's the, so I, I think just understand that you're not really ready to change your toxic productivity quite yet. And that's OK, that there's a lot riding on there that you still have a lot to prove. So be it you're not quite 100 percent confident in yourself, even though you clearly know that you have a lot to be proud of. That while you are undereducated compared to all of these experts, these experts are coming onto your podcast and you clearly have something to offer the world and you're really good at organizing and putting all this stuff. I think you know all these things about yourself and coexisting with that is this sort of like, I'm dumb. Everything is going to come falling apart. I'm going to peak eventually. The platform will be destroyed and then I don't know who I'm going to be. Don't worry, Dr. K, I won't kill myself. But like I'm going to be a nothing that is holding on to life for an unclear reason. Mm-hmm. And that both of those things can coexist like that's totally cool. We'll take both of them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't have very much to say about it, but I do like I I am understanding what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but if I elaborated i'd just be repeating back what you said so i get the sense that we're wrapping up yeah i don't know i don't have other things to to talk about really um yeah i mean is there something that you want to discuss no no no. i it's just i i think i think um i sort of signaled i got the sense that we had reached a good stopping point when you said Something like this has been a waste of your time. Oh. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm also looking at the time because they told me that you have a commitment at for my time. So I was also like, ah, or uh, yeah, don't, I mean, that's that's my commitment to manage. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, good luck with your stuff. I mean, do you want to tell us, like, is there somewhere that we can go to learn more about your work or anything like that? Yeah, um, in my chat, you can do Command Alveus if you want. Um, it's A-L-V-E-U-S Sanctuary on all platforms. So we do have a Twitch channel. We haven't done anything on it, um, but Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. How did you come up with the name? It's a, not a direct translation, but it's Reservoir in Latin. And my thing on my podcast is always saying that Twitch is an untapped reservoir mm. for doing good. So That's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Do you have any questions for me? I don't mean to boot you or anything, but 
I sort of feel like we're at a good stopping point and we've learned something today and that it may be a little bit easier for you to relax. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I don't think I have any questions. I do. I do feel bad. I feel like I, I feel like I was like, I just like walled you. <laughs> like I feel like you're trying to help and I was just like, I got it. Like I'm good. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I don't know. Uh, I need to think about it more off stream probably. I think it's okay to do that. Okay. I'm not, do you get the sense that I'm disappointed or frustrated with you? No. Okay. Yeah. I I, I think you actually did a good job of pointing out sometimes people are like, oh my God, Dr. K, I'm going to change everything about my life and fix me. Right. No, that's not actually how change happens. And I think sometimes we actually do a disservice because that's what we make it seem like change is like. I think you actually illustrated how change really is way more than some of our more like histrionic streams, right? Because there's a lot of resistance. It's a slow process that like you come in pretending that you want to change and you actually don't. And part of that, and I think the reason that you're more willing to give up toxic productivity now is like, it's easy. It's, it's hard to give up that which you don't know has value. Because what you really have to do, Maya, is sacrifice your productivity. You have to give something up to relax. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're ready to make that sacrifice yet. No. Which is fine. Okay. Sweet. Good luck and make the world a better place. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> you're it. You're welcome. Bye. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sneaky, sneaky.